welcome to the live stream, everybody. Uh, Dan and Jay live, where we talk about all things fitness, nutrition, and military prep. Um, what's up, Jay? How's uh, how's life, dude? Good. Well, it's Monday, so it's only all right, but <clears throat> doing good. A lot of people for a Monday. Uh, awesome, guys. I hope you guys are having a great start to the week. You guys on the programs probably uh, knocking out leg day or have knocked out leg day today. Um, so um, I was I was eating I was eating dinner and it was like seven fifteen and I was finishing up and like we were getting on to you troubleshoot some stuff and I was like, shit, I didn't run. I was like, I'm supposed to run. I was like, well, I guess I'm not gonna run. <laughs> Because there's no way I'm getting off here to run. There's no way. <clears throat> found the excuse, guys. He found it. Um, I, oh, I, I don't have this built into my day, so usually I run like a little later, and I was just like, uh-oh. Guess I can't run today, guys. Oh, no. It was a nice day out today uh, where I'm at, by the way. Super nice. This is the first what really nice 50? day. That... <laughs> it was above 50, and that's a good day. Um <laughs> No, it was actually it was really warm. It was like eighty degrees, which I don't know. I've I've been in I've been in New York a while, so uh, probably only sixty degrees and felt like eighty degrees at this point. But uh, that should yeah, be guys, getting warmer. I, it's like May now. It is, yeah. No, it was it was really nice today. Um, yeah, you guys, you were the regulars know, but I'm from Texas, so I'm used to it, like just usually in May. It's probably melting the tar right now. It's probably just like don't walk on the road, dude, because you're gonna get tar <laughs> on your shoe. um yeah that's when like where i am it doesn't get too too hot in in east tennessee um it's like pretty mild you get like it's not too crazy cold in the winter it gets like hot but it's not you know 100 plus degree hot yeah um tennessee seems nice i've I've only drove through there but yeah super green yeah well yeah especially over on the east side Mm, yep. Well, the hills are not as the hills and mountains aren't so nice when I'm running. The like, guy haven't ran on flat terrain in years, dude. <laughs> that is a change. Yeah, I went I went for a good run out here the other day, and uh, it was nice though. Like it, it was nice like scenery and stuff. But when you're hitting those hills, you're like, oh, oh. you know, like you well, feel the hill. Dude. I'm so bad at them too because like most of my running was done when I really started getting running was in Savannah. So I'm just like it just mentally crushes me. Because Savannah, there's not, there's no elevation to be found anywhere. <laughs> so like going up those hills just crushed my soul. <clears throat> yeah, and and the great thing about running in Georgia is you're for some reason you're just immediately just wet all over, and you're Drenched. like, dude, my sweating is this is this me, dude? <laughs> Very humid there. Um, so we do got some questions rolling in. Uh, yeah, I have some on my side as well. I got some some hellos as well. So, uh, Josh, I already told you what's going on. Uh, Nick says, two-mile hard run, 1420 today. Good job. Good job. Nice. Uh, and he said, I'm one to call people weird. Um, I don't even remember doing that. Did I call you weird? It's you deserved it either way. Yeah, pale and stuff. But uh, Mike Jay. F. says, did Dan raise his chair up? He's looking a little taller than 5'1", and the vid must be a filter. Actually, we got him. Uh, I sent him some phone books. So he's been sliding those underneath. So he's sitting on phone books. I think I get shorter every stream. Um, <laughs> so Driven says, uh, <laughs> Driven says, would y'all recommend running with a weighted vest on must runs? <clears throat> so we, we've actually talked about this before. Um, you know, some people like the, like the weighted vest. They like the ruck runs and stuff like that. Um, I would prefer you guys 
do other things. Um, I, I'm not a, you can do it, but I like the idea of putting resistance behind you or in front of you. I think you're going to get more out of that as far as, you know, what are you, what are you adding the weight for? Probably gains and acceleration. So I like things like hill sprints. Um, and you know, you can do weighted vested runs, but I think, I think just go out there and run and do the weight training. Um, I'm a bigger fan of that. Uh, especially like if you guys have a good foundation, then yeah, you can do some vest runs if you have a good foundation, but, uh, for the, for the average person coming in and maybe they don't have a strong fitness background, I say, Hey, don't worry about all the weighted stuff. I want you guys to get out there, run, weight train, build that good foundation. And then we can start talking about adding stuff like ruck runs, uh, vested runs and stuff like that. So, um, would I recommend it? I don't think it's necessary. I would rather you look for stuff like hill sprints and, you know, stuff like that. So you got anything for that? Um, I was just laughing sometimes how you, you read a question and then you start talking about like the topic and then towards the end you read the question and then finally answer it again at the end. Um, but yeah, so it, it, like we've we've said it a couple of times, like sometimes unnecessary like load on your joints and stuff is, you know, setting yourself up, you know, to be adding unnecessary uh you know i'm just like i'm sorry i told daniel i'm like a little out of it today so um adding that unnecessary strain and stress on your body uh for like especially long runs is probably unnecessary if you're really looking to build like explosiveness or anything like that in sprints i would probably like it's pretty cheap if you want to get those parachutes those drag shoots Um, those are super great too um you can do some sprints with those but we definitely don't usually recommend it for any kind of long runs and things like that the same with the ruck marches it's just like a lot of uh unnecessary stress on your body that you'll get uh, you can get gains in a similar fashion with less stress so we just usually recommend that <clears throat> and that yeah that's the big trade-off it's not like running in a vest won't make you better in some degree but there's also that risk benefit like hey is this going to be harder on the joints stuff like that probably so um yeah that's that's what we got for that so black flag says uh getting hot here in florida uh just in time for the next class to start yeah Oh man, the the yep, Ranger students coming in. Yeah, that's gonna be a fun time. Uh the good old swamps, dude. Gross. Um, Josh Nick says, what about SF doesn't appeal to you? Dan's interview with Tom made SF seem real cool, and they're always active even when it's not uh in quotes wartime. Um for me personally, I just don't uh so much enjoy SF's mission set. Um they're Missions that it just doesn't appeal to me as much. I also, they do a lot of things in like a lot smaller of a team as well. So they're not really doing a lot of the things when you guys think of like kicking down doors and all that direct action stuff. They don't do any of that stuff really. Um, Obviously it changes if you go up into like, you know, keg, Delta, whatever, um, up into those tier ones. But for just normal SF, uh, they are really good at what they do. I just don't like what they do not that i don't like it they shouldn't be doing it but i just it doesn't interest me to be doing those those uh like counterinsurgency kind of things like that like i'm not trying to go out there with like psyops and wind hearts and minds and stuff like that um that is just not why um not the mission that just doesn't appeal to me <clears throat> yeah and it probably changes by by the war but that is that is you know the mission set especially with the you know the past war war on terror um that was that was what they did they they you know, inserted with uh, maybe it's rebel fighters or or something, and you know, kind of rally them to fight. So you're you're kind of embedding yourself with people that are not super strongly vetted, to, which to me is a little scary. You know, well they had issues. Dudes... I mean, there was a bunch of things happening over there where, yeah, yeah, they had issues with that. 
I read a really good book. Um, it'll come to me here in a second if I remember it. Um, but I, like, cool story. Uh, I read a really good book about SF, though. So you read a book it, once. I read a book once. Uh, I did. I promise. And uh, it was about an SF team at the beginning of uh, the war in Afghanistan. It was an amazing book. And uh, and those guys were really in some rough stuff, like cowboy stuff. And uh, and that's what they did. I mean, they just they went behind you know the lines. They embedded themselves with uh, these people and, uh, you know, kind of rallied them to fight and kind of live with them, ate with them, you know, bedded down with them, all that stuff. So, you know, that's kind of what the mission set was as far as going forward, you know, it's going to depend on what geographical area you're assigned to. Cause you're right. Like in a lot of ways, SF is, um, a bigger force and they're attached to a lot of geographical areas. Uh, so they need to be a bigger force for that reason. Um, so there's a lot of different things that are going on. So special forces is cool. It takes a lot of, a lot of, uh, training in the initial pipeline. So, um, so yeah, it's great. Just, yeah, I would look at that as long as you know, that's the mission set that you want. And, uh, yeah, you're going to, you're going to need some brains for that, that two year schooling. Um, you know, you're going to go through a bunch of hard stuff and language school and stuff like that. So, uh, you're going to be a student big time, but, uh, yeah, like James said, two different, two different mission sets. I think you're going to see less, uh, direct action type stuff. They do, do it here and there but it's not really what they're tasked out to do um, it's also a lot tougher to do um when you're young like as an 18 year old like there's a very low chance of you passing selection at 18 19 years old um most guys don't and they have to go back if that's really something they're interested in uh so i also range regiment gives you that avenue to insert yourself into special operations right out of the gate start your career there and then you can jump to other special operation units and things like that if you want to but it gives you the ability to start there which is something that a lot of other special operations units don't do yeah and that that was a good point and me and tom hit on that too because you know people do ask the question hey did you think about going to sf after ranger you know and and uh, it's not really like necessarily a progression thing like but what ranger regiment is good for is they'll take in people at lower levels and they continue to lower levels as in the younger enlisted and they throw them into that that machine and they either make it or you know make it or it breaks them but if they survive that machine then they go elsewhere right they they could go to sf sf is uh tough but it's a more sustainable as a career uh doing 20 years in regiment we've said it before that's a tough 20 uh i don't see anybody do 20 years there and be 100% okay either mentally or definitely not physically um whereas guys go elsewhere and it's a little bit more sustainable it's more of a mature thing too whenever you go to SF it takes uh like he said you know most of those guys are more mature they have experience in the army and then they go through that selection it's a two-year pipeline so by the time they get there they're pretty well trained in what they're doing whereas regiment's different where it's a quicker pipeline but it's just like um like a freight train the entire time. It's a constant selection, a constant beat down feels like. So that's really the big difference between the two. But yeah, we see people make that transition all the time, whether it be Ranger to SF, Ranger to Delta, um, that kind of stuff happens, or even some, some guys go back into the conventional army. And uh, so get something else. I'm rambling again. No, you never, um, <laughs> he just says, Tennessee is kind of lame. Lived here all my life. Really wanted to live by the beach. Yeah. Savannah was living by the beach was pretty nice um josh says how much weight did you guys usually carry uh were shin splints common for you guys since you carry so much weight um a lot uh so 
especially she has 13 foxes we carried a, a lot of stuff um we've joked about it before like the infantry dudes would pick up our stuff and be like oh lord <laughs> like we were carrying a lot of stuff so she has 13 foxes but at that point by the time you're doing that shin splints aren't as much of an issue because shin splints really come from um like improper training like not you know ramping yourself up properly and like overtraining and stuff like that so by the time you get there we are kind of built up to be able to do those things now if you you know just walked up off the street and did that your shins are probably gonna get shattered out of your legs but because you've built yourself up and you have that you know muscular strength and you know that skeletal integrity like you don't have as many issues like that um because of the the ramp up to get there and that goes back to what I was tell- I was just saying about the weighted vest stuff. Uh, whenever you're training, you know you want to you want to accelerate smart training. You want to ramp up your training uh, smart. And training is good because it, like you said, it fortifies. Uh, yes, it grows muscle. A lot of people know that, but what a lot of people don't know is whenever you train, resistance training, uh, running, even that impact type training, you are building stronger bones, stronger connective tissue. You're training your entire body to be more durable. Um, so, you know, constructive stress with the right recovery, right um, routine, builds stronger, more durable bodies, which means less injury. It means, uh, you know, better performance, obviously. But that's why, you know, uh, that's why all the time I say it's so important that you guys prep before you go. Do it for you so that you have a good foundation. Goes back to the foundation I was talking about. That's what I'm looking for for you guys. You guys are less likely to get injured. You guys will perform better, and uh, you guys will be more confident too. Um, so that's the big things. But yes, a lot of weight. A story I like to tell is, uh, <laughs> you know, there was a there's an infantry guy in the back of the truck throwing up the the kits that we were handing up, and uh, kits kits is in the body armor, guys. And he went to grab mine with the radio and stuff. So with all the excess stuff, how much do you think that weighs? Probably 70, 80 pounds or so. Oh, with the one that's on your kit, like not even with a ruck. Uh, oh, easy, easy, yeah. yeah. And then you had a ruck on top, yeah. So probably, yeah, probably seventy pounds plus, and and so the rest of those are, I mean, they're not super light, but you're probably looking like 30, 40 pounds. So he's throwing those up, throwing those up, and I go to hand of mine, which is double, you know, what he's what he's in the routine of doing. He almost falls out the back of the truck, <clears throat> and uh, yeah. I got a good chuckle out of that, you know. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, the guys who carry the extra stuff. There's other guys too, mortars. Uh, oh, mortars. Yeah, mortars. Yeah. yeah, those rounds are not the any weapon squad guys. Uh, RTOs. Um, yeah. yeah, they're they're all lugging it, and it's funny sometimes like the NCOs, like the team leaders and the um, you know squad leaders and stuff. They would be they would talk you know and use us as an example when like their dudes were falling out of stuff. They're like the, the stupid fister. You know he's back here. He's he's fine. He's carrying double your stuff. So they would use this as a you know, motivational tool as well. Sometimes they weren't very nice to us otherwise, but it made me feel good sometimes. <laughs> I remember uh, um, I was uh, in a training thing, and I had all my gear on, and it was quick. We were working with a different. Um, I can't say too much, but we were working with a different special operations group, and. Uh, in a quick, in a quick, uh, quick thing, he's like, Hey, can you carry this? We were kind of on the spot on like our training. And, uh, he handed me this 50 pound, like bag. And it, it was meant to represent something. I can't remember. It's kind of vague, but he handed me this bag that weighed 50 pounds. And he's like, can you carry this? And I was like, I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't think he realized how much I was carrying already. Um, so I threw that on and I was struggling, dude. We were like sprinting. Everybody was like sprinting to where they had to go. And I was like, try- I was sprinting like, 
I was struggling so hard because I, I everything probably weighed again 120 130 pounds. I really like oh, yeah. 130 pounds probably. Um, and everybody else is sprinting with their 30 40 pounds on, like ah ah. And I'm over there like trying, you know, like the little engine that could, dude. Um, I was like looking around. I was like, there's so many other people, dude. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty funny. Um. Robert says, uh, "Is is uh, is Ranger Regiment really as hard as people say?" Um, I don't know. I don't know what you heard, but yeah, probably. I was gonna say I don't know what people say. Honestly, um, <laughs> when I did it, no one even knew what that was. Um, uh, Nick says, uh, "Dan, how is being a dad?" And he says, "I mean, Jay was already your son, so you were used to being a dad." I guess it's so funny that he says that. I met Dan when he was like a teenager. <laughs> uh, um, you you can call me Poppy from now from the rest of, the uh, rest of the you made that worse. You, you could have said Dad or something, but the fact that you went with Poppy is just is making everyone <laughs> nah, uncomfortable. No, I do. No, I do. Call me Big Poppy, dude. Uh, uh, bro, but yeah, no, it's awesome. It is awesome. I uh, I love it. Um, my son's super funny, dude. He's been he's been tripping me out lately. It's a, just a trip, dude. Um, but yeah, it's super fun. Um, all right. Undercover says, do you have to do a fitness test to get an option for me? Or is it just a first come first serve kind of thing? Uh, first come first serve, uh, option forties really are at their, at their core, a, um, they call them a recruiting tactic. So it gets people to want to join cause it sounds really cool, but not a lot of people make it. So it really is just a recruiting tactic at the, at its core. Um, so really they don't care. Like the recruiter doesn't care if you pass. It just matters not to him. Like he's going to get his number either way. Um, so they don't really care so much. So that's why a lot of times we, we talk about our program, stuff like that. Like you got to get yourself ready. Cause like your recruiter doesn't care. No one really cares, but you, you have to advocate for yourself cause they're not going to. Um, the only time you will have to have uh, test scores or anything like that is if you volunteer later on, um, like at AIT or <clears throat> OSIT or something like that. You'll have to have a, over a 270 PT score and some other, you know, hits, obviously. But the only test is having a 105 GT score. No yeah. fitness test required. Yeah, I put out that video, too, talking about being being ready before basic training. I really advocate for that. Um, you know, that probably hurts some people's feelings because, you know, some people, basic training super tough and stuff. Um, it's not easy, but they don't. They're not going to get you selection ready, in my opinion. You need to do the extracurricular work, and and uh, who knows how much time you're going to have. Like like we we talked about now that the pipeline has changed. Maybe you got to OSIT. Like yeah, you're going to get smoked and stuff, but the criteria is very specific. Your foundation, if your foundation's already there, again, less injuries, more better performance beforehand. You're going to be confident going into it. Um, whenever you go through something like basic training, of course you're doing your morning PT and they're going to make you do a lot of push-ups and they're going to, you know, physically discipline you guys. We call it smoking, um, all that stuff. But is it going to be specific enough? Are you going to have a specific enough foundation? We really advocate for that. And, uh, and that was, that's really what we, uh, we promote. Uh, Nick says, have you had any clients pass other soft selections such as SFAS, Marine Raider, uh, basic reconnaissance course, et cetera. I don't know, actually. The the two big ones has been the RASP. Obviously, we've gotten some RASP and Ranger yeah. School. Yeah, um, got a lot of Ranger School. Um, and uh, I no no, I, I would say we're still pretty. It's still pretty early 
for something like SFAS, because again, that's a two-year pipeline. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we you haven't even been a company long enough for them company, to... Company's been here two years, so um, there, there may be some guys in progress. Um, I know there were some guys who got the program for that purpose, but I haven't heard any follow-up yet. And maybe there's some guys who went in there, you know, for one, you got guys who you're getting programs for, for two, how many are going to report uh, back? So yeah. the fact that we've had as many report back as we had is a, is a really good sign. And so I'm hoping that number is actually a way bigger number of people who have been at least partially successful due to some guidance that we gave them. But of course, you know, it's always on, it's always their success and what they did. They put themselves through it. And so yeah. they deserve all the credit, but uh, so nice for any, anybody to come back and say, Hey, your program help me get ready. That's huge for us. Huge, uh, very fulfilling. Um, let's see. K said, "Are twelve Bs common in regiment, or do eleven Bs take a majority of their duties?" So, combat engineer. You know, we talked about this before. I I personally don't know a lot about the day to day of uh, what a combat engineer is doing in regiment. Doesn't mean it just means like we're attached to a certain group. And so they're operating kind of outside of what we're usually seeing. Um, what, what was your experience with that? Uh, I will say um, 11 Bravos do take a lot of the, um, like the normal things that a 12 Bravo would do. Uh, Cause even in rasp, like there's a breaching section for where you learn how to do charges and stuff like that. So usually every um, platoon has someone that's certified to do that stuff, uh, which does take a little bit away from what the 12 Bravos do uh, specifically in terms of that. And there's obviously only so many people you can take on any, you know, given mission or whatever. So yeah, I would say that 11 Bravos do do steal a little bit of the 12 Bravos thunder and regiment for sure. Um, 12 Bravos definitely do a whole lot more in the conventional army because they're the only people that are allowed to do that stuff. Uh, like you won't find an infantry guy that's certified to do that stuff in uh, a normal conventional army, you know, platoon. So 12 Bravos definitely get a little bit of their thunder stolen for sure in regiment. Yeah. My, my, my cousin was a 12 Bravo in the conventional army and just, they put, they put him through the ringer on his deployment. He had a real tough one. Um, so, yeah. yeah, he's pretty active as far as going out and route clearance. Yeah. It's not a job I would want to do. Uh, no. Uh, so, uh, uh, D. Jaren says, how many PT tests are there in RASP? There's definitely two. What I will say about RASP and Regiment is there's going to be other tests, too. So, you know, as far as the specific PT test, two-minute push-ups, sit-ups, the run, two mile and five mile. They'll test you on both. Um, there's definitely two of those. Now, as far as uh, the other tests, there, you may get tested on something known as the RPAT, or you may get tested on the raw assessment. Those are other fitness tests that you will get tested on. I like blocked and the RPAT the out of my head, dude. You just said RPAT and I just, <laughs> the trauma came back. Yeah. RPAT's pretty tough. Um, and then the ACFT, uh, is the new the new Army Combat Fitness Test, right? So we got versed on that because um, that's official now. So I'm sure that that'll, that'll be tested on too. Um, and then you got things like the 12 mile ruck. Uh, those are the big physical components that you're going to see. So the, as far as the 12 mile ruck, that's one time. If you do get the RPAT and RAW and RASP, I'm sure it'll only be once. ACFT, I'm sure only once. 
but the PT test, you'll get tested twice. Now, the way that I remember is, and, and you can r remind me, uh, Tony, was there a, a, like a push-up sit-up minimum that you hit? Was there like a threshold? Like it's not like it? Ranger School. No, no, no. You have to. You just keep that, going. That's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of Ranger yeah. School. At Ranger okay. School, they stop you once you're you hit the minimum because like they don't have time. <laughs> so many people they cut you off and they send you away. Uh, they do not do that at RASP. So you actually score uh, at RASP. Like you do as many as you can. Um, I would. I would also recommend. I, I, I not recommend. I would be surprised if you guys do the ACFT at RASP anytime soon. Because the amount of equipment they're going to need for that is a lot. So I would be surprised if they get all that stuff ready and like have a, even up, you know, where they would store that stuff. Um, but like the hex bars, all the ball, like all that stuff is going to be tough for them to get for that many people at RASP. So I probably wouldn't plan to take that um, at least in the next six months if you're going to RASP. I, I could be wrong. Um, and we have a couple of guys we're in contact with that are going through it now. Um, but I would be surprised if they start implementing that anywhere, anywhere sooner than probably the new year yeah who knows I, I i could see that taking some time just like it took time for them to say okay to across the army um i again i i think it's definitely a better test than what they've had in the past but i think with years to come they'll redo that test again um yeah but, i'm telling uh, you yeah 340 deadlift by three from the max deadlift is that's a lot it's a tough one. Yeah, I remember when it first came out, and there's a guy that I knew that was really physically fit, and he went in to do it. He's like, he said, man, that's pretty tough. Like, that's pretty tough. And, you know, um, he was one of the few guys who actually maxed the ACFT. Uh, he said, like, people aren't maxing this thing. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. We didn't experience the ACFT, but that is a new thing. So, you know, we're still kind of learning what people are saying about it and stuff like that. The to max plank makes me gross. It's like three minutes and 40 seconds for the plank. So, so disgusting. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, YouTube account says, I don't know what that means, by the way. It just says YouTube account. Is that private? Is that how that works? Uh, what are the chances of being put in a striker unit or armored unit as a combat arms job, like 12 Bravo or 13 Fox? Um, I mean, I can't give you like an actual percentage, but there are definitely more dismounted than there are mounted units. So you're more likely to go to a, uh, a dismounted unit. Also, if you're airborne, you're even more likely to go to like an on the ground infantry. Uh, oh, yeah. But there, I mean, the just as much of a chance as doing anything. I mean, you could get sent to an armored unit. Uh, I, when I actually first went to Fort brag when i was in the 82nd i got put into a cast scout unit um so my first uh foray into the 82nd was with the calf scouts which is awesome because like i came from regiment and then i just got to ride around on trucks all the time i didn't have to walk anywhere sweet um but eventually i ended up taking over as the team chief for their uh like charlie company which is their actual dismounted like recce unit so it's their dismounted scouts and they're mostly infantrymen uh, so even though I was in a, ca I was attached to a cast scout unit. I, w I worked with infantrymen on the ground and didn't get to drive anymore anymore. Um, so there are a billion different things you can do, but there's more of a chance that you'll get sent to a dismounted <clears throat> unit as a 12 Bravo or 13 Fox. Uh, but there is a chance you could go to a striker or, you know, whatever. If you don't want to be mounted, don't volunteer for Bradley either though. Old will be fist. Yeah. Yeah. Bip, bip. Um, 
Jaren says, is there downtime during RASP to stretch and recover? Yes. Um, anytime, any tips for recovery during RASP? Um, they're going to give you some things to recover. At least when we were there, they gave us things like, remember the Gatorade shakes and stuff like that? Yeah. Like they know, they know they're breaking you off. But I said this about RASP a couple times. RASP is more of a build-up process. Like, yes, it's a selection. Well. But they're trying to build you up some degree. Well, when Definitely, we went, it was like three weeks of that and then five weeks of build-up. Yeah, I will say that's that was my caveat is the first three weeks, they're breaking breaking you off. They're breaking you down. But then once you get into what 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 used to be phase two, but I guess now it's they don't really break into phases. But I, I think what's going to happen is there's going to be more focus on training and build up and yes there's still going to be selection criteria but once you make it past the first three weeks you're you're probably going to make it through the next five weeks right again not set in stone but you're probably going to make it through the next five weeks um I didn't, so they'll give but, you you know let's <laughs> be getting pneumonia yeah we're at 50 percent, you know so over at tlr <clears throat> <laughs> but he went back he just did it twice he wanted extra practice yeah yeah but uh, yeah, you'll get time to stretch. You'll get time. You'll get you'll get some sleep. Uh, they'll give you some. They'll give you enough nutrition. You eat plenty, and uh, and they give you the again Gatorade shakes, and they give us like Myoplexes and stuff like that. I remember stuff like that. So um, um I don't know if we had Myoplexes. I think we had the Gatorade well, shakes and the Gatorade bars, and then right. uh, Myoplexes deployment. Um, and then you got right. Sarah. Sarah Sport too is huge, and like I trust me, Sarah Sport is not that great, but you'll see it. Especially it gets so hot, it's amazing. It's just like great for much, hydration. Yeah, salt is like helps you retain water so well. Yeah, that's and, a that's high quality stuff. That stuff isn't uh isn't cheap in the world world. No, it's not. It's crazy. Yeah. People used to not drink it too. I'd be like, give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. Driven says, are you guys familiar with wrist pain during push-ups? Uh, is there a way to cure it? I've taken breaks, but it doesn't seem to work. Um, you know, with anything we talk about, uh, you can do things like ice your wrist. Uh, if, if you're lifting, I know people don't like, like wearing gloves in the gym, but if you're having wrist pain, you can wear things with like strap support. Now, if you're dealing with something like, you know, if you're training outside of, you know, like a gym stuff. You can do that in the meantime till your wrist heals up. Also make sure you're stretching. So, you know, stretch out your bicep, stretch out your, your forearms, um, stretch out your chest, like all that stuff. Um, cause all that, all that can tie into your wrist pain. And then, uh, you know, maybe you have some forearm imbalances, like do some, uh, forearm strengthening exercises. Maybe that'll help too. And again, just stretching, stretching out, there's wrist stretches, wrist, um, again, forearm exercises, more of a forearm thing. Um, so make sure you're getting extension and flexion of the forearm. Um, and, uh, yeah, stuff like that might help, but you can also put ice on it. And, uh, and again, you can put wraps on it. Even, uh, if you're having like some pain, uh, you can wrap it whenever you get a chance. I don't know where you're at right now, but, uh, just some tips there. What you got, Tony? Uh, I'm gonna go down a couple. Uh, they were making a couple jokes, but I just saw this <laughs> from Exiled. He says thoughts on skipping leg days in the gym? Question mark. Been avoiding the ten by ten squats from month three warrior program. Um, yeah, I did. I did ten by ten squats today. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I was. I was there. And there was like a large part of me that I was. At, I did nine, and I was like, that's probably fine, right? Like, 
eh, 10 by 10, 9 by 10, same difference really at the end of the day. I was this close. <laughs> Not doing my last set. I was so tired. Um, yeah. Yeah, I will say though, um, dude, if you have strong legs, I mean, it makes everything easier. It literally everything easier. That's your base. That's your foundation. And then strong legs and strong core. Like if I said focus on anything, strong legs, strong core. Um, goes so far. Um, but yeah, those 10 by 10s are, they're brutal. I will say though, in the month three, you do way less lunges, which is nice. I actually texted Dan the other day. I was like, that's a little bit of a trade off because lunges are rough. <laughs> yeah. And I've, we've said this before, but there was a guy who asked me like, Hey man, was it, did you mean like 10 lunges total per set or like 10 per side? I'm like 10 per side, dude. You know, you know what it is, dude. I just made you do 10 by 10. Like, you know what's happening. Um, but yeah, it's a tough program and, and, um, you know, so, uh, we had a guy ask recently, he was on more of a time crunch. He's like, Hey, realistically the workouts and the advanced prep program tier two and, uh, TLR warrior program month three, those are going to take you two to two and a half hours to get through those workouts. So they are longer and they're tough. Um, so, you know, a guy on a time crunch, I would rather you guys cut down on some stuff than just you know then skip a workout because it's not meeting your time parameters so we we actually had him drop to three by ten on the compound lifts but the ten by ten i'm telling you if you guys uh if you guys go there i know it's a mountain at the beginning of your workout but if you can get through that ten by ten uh the gains are amazing from that uh from that volume lifting i hate him um <laughs> so uh, some more Buffalo Bills slander from Nick. Um, jokes aside, what are some struggles slash benefits of being five, being a five five dude like Dan? Um, five nine. Don't listen to don't listen to this guy, dude. At least he gave me a few more inches than. Uh, I saw than three. Nick. I saw three one in here at one point. Three uh, one. <laughs> don't listen to this guy, dude. I'm average, bro. I'm a- average. You are very average. Exactly. In all aspects of life. Um, um, you got one on your end? I do. Uh, A. Walsh says, stretch the forearms. So he's doubling down on he, he was giving this advice before I said anything. He said, stretch the forearms. Yes, I agree. Do some active hangs from a bar. Hangs are great. Um, also, uh, farmer's carries. Farmer's carries might help too. Um, again, just strengthening the forearms. But again, make sure you get that wrist extension too, because that's where a lot of people, uh, what a lot of people need. And also, um, <laughs> I don't know how to do this. Um, you know, I'm not going to do do that on camera, but different planes of movement for the wrist, right? I thought I had um, different planes of movement for the wrist, right? So make sure that you hit all planes of movement, right? Side to side um, against gravity, uh, wrist flexion, wrist uh, extension, all that stuff. So uh, just getting there with like a dumbbell or a bar and moving in those different directions. Um, also, you know, he just hit the hangs. Uh, farmer's carries. There's also the the grip strengthening exercises. I also bought these ones. I don't know exactly how I feel about it, but they are an extensor exercise, which is good. There's like uh, little rings that go on each of your fingers and you actually like extend your f- fingers like this. Actually, yeah, I use those. Good. I yeah. use those because I, we, uh, well, I don't so much anymore, but I used to rock climb, like indoor rock climb a lot. So I yeah. used to use those to help me out. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and that's really, I think a lot of people are pretty, pretty stacked on, uh, I think there's usually an imbalance happening with uh, with the forearms, but I also think people are tense. So, 
Yeah, I agree with everything he just said. Um, Undercover says, should you have a clear-cut reason for wanting to be a ranger, or can you still be mentally strong and rasped with just the inspiration of being a ranger? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously everybody has their own reasons or lack thereof. Um, and I don't really think... Some people have a... Uh, help having a goal like a defined goal or a defined uh, reason to have that goal helps people be mentally strong um other people just are literally there because they want to push themselves to whatever they just want to challenge uh that keeps them mentally strong so it's really whatever you find helps keep you mentally strong like i've, I've mentioned a couple of times like Daniel talks about like negative self-talk and stuff like I one of my biggest things is I've always been really really competitive I have a huge family we're all super competitive like I just don't like to let things beat me like I don't care if it's a run like the run is like an entity to me like I don't want it to beat me I don't want the weight to beat me I don't want so rasp to beat me so like I try not to help like I see things competitively so I don't want to be beat by anything um whether it's you know an inanimate object or not <clears throat> I do but, the same thing Actually, I, you know, I talk about that positive self-talk, which is great, but also, you know, negative self-talk works too. I actually hit that a lot. Yeah. Call myself some names, dude. And then I'm like, nah, you know, and like hype myself up. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be that. Um, I also sometimes call Daniel names. It helps me as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Pretty fun to do, dude. Uh, let's see. Dalton says, how hard is it to become a government contractor or make it into the CIA after being in the regiment? So, you know, regiment does set up certain things like you can get certain clearances to work government jobs that would be harder to access elsewhere. So I would say it definitely opens up doors. Oh, it also does depend on your MOS though. So you're more likely to get those jobs as other MOSs than others. So keep that in mind. So like they don't need 811 Bravos, but they probably need some like you know, MI dudes and stuff like that yeah, more than AMI. <clears throat> so keep that in mind as well. So I, I tell guys all this all the time. Like if you're not going to stay in for 20, maybe don't go 11 Bravo. So, um, Josh, Nick said, did you guys ever use those big laser pointers for casts? No idea what they're called, but they show up under NVGs and I've seen JTAGs use it. Yeah. All the time. Yep. Um, big flashlights don't shine them in your eyes Um, (laughs) i got mad at somebody one time because he was uh here i'll I'll tell you i won't drop any names but biko dude you talk to him all the time he was like (laughs) he was mad at us i was like dude you psycho stop you know like make me go blind dude you talk to him all the time i don't even know what's happening Dude, you could you could probably shine that at some. But anyways, I'm putting bad ideas in people's heads. But like those things, yeah, it's not good to shine those things at uh at people. <laughs> those things are powerful. And yeah, what's scary is you can't even see what's going on in normal, like in a normal setting, you can't see those. But yeah, under under night vision, it's like like huge. Oh so, yeah, it's a good spotlight. <clears throat> going to space, dude. You can shine the Martians, right? You can shine on Mars. <sighs> Uh, Kay says, what is the best way to get better at rocking? For example, lower weights, more frequency, or more weights with less frequency, and also long or short distance. So, um, yeah, we do say, you know, as long as you're focusing on your foundation, throw the rock in, get a feel for it. So, you know, we talk about every two weeks, you can go do a rock march and uh, kind of time yourself. we got a free rock march annex that gives you some times to uh, to go by. Um, but I mean, both really, you want to train in both capacities. You want strength training 
and you want the muscular endurance training. So our programs focus on both of those things. You know, strength training, uh, it's more of a focus on building your nervous system and connecting your muscles to the nerves and the activation of those muscles. So whenever you're doing strength training, you are training your body to recruit your muscles at um, at either a higher tempo or uh, or just a larger surface area. So um, so strength training is great, and then and then muscular endurance, and that's going to be the big one with a lot of things you do in the military. Uh, muscular endurance is is huge in most things you do. I mean, just think about the push-up, sit-up drill. You get the rug march, which you're firing off, you know, that muscle, those muscle fibers for a long duration of time. So, um, uh, yeah, so both capacities. Uh, but again, we, we write programs for this very thing. And so ultimately that's what I would recommend is you get on a program like ours. It doesn't have to be ours, but you know, somebody credible and see what they're saying. Um, so uh, I guess the long and short of it is strength training, weight training in general, just resistance training, even cardio training, throw that kind of stuff in there too. What you got, James? Daniel just said, work out, uh, be stronger, and then be able to do things longer to sum, <laughs> sum it up. Um, yeah, like I said, so it's just uh, sometimes you want to reduce the stress on your body as much as you can um, and kind of weigh out the risk versus the rewards. So if you can get those that muscular strength and that endurance through weightlifting with a little bit less stress on your body because, like, you're <laughs> – Rucking is bad for your joints. So, like, um, if you just got to weigh that risk and reward. So, if you can get those same gains or at least close enough to them um, to make them worth, you know, not taking the risk, just yeah, keep that in mind. That's one of the reasons why we do have 10 by 10s and things like that in our program is because that helps you really get that muscular endurance. Um, and then some of our other months help you build strength. So, you're going to combine those two and you're going to see real great gains in your ruck marches because of that without actually having to add that unnecessary stress on your joints. And yes, foundation, you're building a foundation, your body is the foundation. And so with that, the 10 by 10 is really good for hypertrophy too, which is muscle growth. So more muscle you have, the more cushion you have for those ruck uh, ruck marches too, more cushion on your shoulders and your back. And, you know, you got a stronger core. So you're, you got better posture. So you're not feeling as much back pain hip pain, knee pain, ankle pain, all the things that you feel whenever, you know, you got a heavy ruck on you. You're just going to be, uh, you're going to be built like a tank, bro. Cause you're on a TLR program. You're going to be jacked. Um, so, so anyway, yes, build all, all those things. It's, it's well-rounded fitness. And so I really just say, as long as you're getting in there, resistance training, you're hitting all the muscle groups and then you're, you know, all those, those you're, you're on the right track. Uh, Nick says, what do you two weirdos do for cardio? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I am like super cardio averse. Like I've, I've never, ever, ever loved doing cardio. Not ever. Um, even when I was like running, you know, 12 minutes, two miles, 11, something minutes, two miles. I just don't like cardio. Um, for me though, I, I do do like runs now, um, on the days that the TLR warrior program, I'm definitely not running very far. Like this is, I have no interest in running very far. Um, but I like to do a lot of hiking. Hiking is the way I think I, my my favorite. Like, now it's not like super high intensity cardio, but um, I do like to hike. Like we did, I did Mount Mitchell, which is like the highest uh, peak in North Carolina, I think, um, like the other week and stuff like that. So I do hiking and um, I do a little bit of running. Um, yeah, I I used to be really uh really high tempo with the high intensity interval training sprinting. 
you know, I do jujitsu, boxing, all that stuff. I would, I would train a lot in a day and do weightlifting at least three times in a week. Um, what's funny is the, the advanced military prep program tier two is actually the workout that I was doing a lot of the time. Uh, that is, that is based off the workout that I believe is best for performance, but I also put obviously the uh, PT test focus stuff in there as well. So I rewritten rewritten some stuff, but the advanced military prep program, I actually, after I wrote it, I continue to run that. And I would also do all the extracurricular stuff I did. So to answer your question, you know, there was some distance running, but I really, I really went there and did the sprints and my sprints were usually up a hill. There was a hill that I would run to. I'd run a, it was about a two mile run to get to this spot that I like to run. Uh, this was in Texas. There was a hill that I would find. It was a big hill with a nice steep grade. And I would sprint up the hill, touch a sign. There was a sign at the very top. So when I touch a sign, I turn around and I jog it back down. And there was a there was a spot in the ground. There was a divot in the ground. I would go and it was kind of like I was running lines, right? Like, so I'd go down, not running lines, but I had two focus points. So I'd go back down. As soon as I got to the bottom of the hill, over explain, sorry. When I get to the bottom of the hill, I'd sprint again almost immediately. So at no point was I walking. At no point was I stopping. And I would do that 10 times. Uh, the hill was about a, from the start point to the top of the hill where the sign was is probably close to 75 to 100 meters. Um, so it's a nice deep sprint. You're always smirking at me, dude. He's always smirking at me, guys. Look at him. I did do it, Tony. 10, 10 hill sprints, and then I would jog back. So that's probably, what, four miles? And then you add an extra, um, extra uh, I don't know, three-quarter mile to a mile on top of that. So. I don't know if that's four miles, but um <clears throat> No 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 the 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 so two miles to get there, I'd run up the hill uh, ten times. Right, right. Yeah, Adam in now. Gotcha. Um but yeah, like my uh, partner, she likes to kayak and rock climb and so she keeps me pretty busy on that. And so I try not to if I if I ran too too much of what I would do, I would never be able to like function uh, as a human being. So yeah, I get most of my cardio um from from different activities like rock climbing and hiking and running and stuff like that. Kayaking. Yeah, she's she's a beast. She keeps you in shape. I think uh Yeah, she's training for a triathlon right now, so <clears throat> Yeah, it's insane. Um Mm. But, but since like I just, always tell her though, if there's ever a bear or mountain lion, it's just all I gotta do is trip her. Like she can she can run as far as she wants. But if I trip her, I'm I'm fast. Like I'm quick. You know, I'm quicker than I'm fast. So like I'm very, very like I'm a fast sprinter. So like 150, 150 meters, I got you. Okay, I'm good. I'm getting out of there. Uh, anything more than that, I'm good. She's got me for sure. <clears throat> um yeah, it's cool, dude. Since I moved up here, though, um, I've been getting more into the lifting. I like lifting. Um, That's how I've I been am, kind of, too. I actually, I actually went um, up a weight class because I'm like, I'm heavy. I think I talked to you about this on one of the one of the episodes, but I'm 20 pounds heavier. I'm not just a blob, right? I'm well, catfishing you guys. That's why I'm, that's why I'm from here up. Yeah, um, yeah. No, no. No, well, I'm doing good. Um, well. <laughs> don't say well. I'm doing good. I am. But, uh, I put on a lot more mass since I moved up here. A lot, a lot less. Definitely running. mass. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, 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 muscle guys, muscle. I'm being good. So a little bit of cush, dude. Um, but when I was in Texas, <laughs> a little bit of dad bod, dude. Uh, but when I was in Texas, um, you know, I, I was telling you I was on the cycle with competing. Um, I was competing a lot. I was running a lot, but it was like once the dad bod effects real, dude. Once I heard the baby was here, I was like, well, 
time to eat a lot more. And, uh, and now I just hit the weights, dude, but I'll get out there and start running. Um, here pretty soon, especially now that it's nicer when it was game of Thrones outside, uh, you know, negative 20, 30 degrees, a little harder to, a little harder to run outside. That's a little new for me. Yeah. I can bet most of that like dad bought issue with, with nutrition more than cardio. Like, um, I, I have a very strict diet, which helps me not, you know, gain too much. I can run a little less. If I eat yeah, less I, calories, I, I have to run less. <laughs> yeah, diet diet's huge. Um, yeah, I spent so long eating uh, salads and stuff that once I moved up here, dude, they got the pizza joints, bro. They got some good pizza joints up here. Um, so anyways, y'all don't listen to any of that, dude. Yeah, they do. But they do got good pizza up north, bro. Uh, Cole says, not sure if you answered this. These guys are like, please answer our questions, dude. <laughs> Not sure if you answered this, but do you recommend doing the tier two right after the completion of tier one? Just bought the eight week program and loving it so far at Tom DeVitrio's gym. Um, yeah, so so Tom Tom's doing great. Uh, Tom Tom reached out to me a while back. Tony, had, um, he was like telling me that he wants guys to get on my programs and he's going to train them and stuff like that. So me and Tom got this collaboration going. Tom's got a great gym in uh pennsylvania and uh he's super good dude uh, but you know super awesome tough ranger in a tough time and uh but also super positive upbeat guy so uh you'll go check out tom devitrio um uh i follow him so um y'all can find him through my who i follow list and uh go give him a follow also fort delco if you guys didn't know how to use instagram uh <laughs> again i over explained but uh but yeah it's great i'm super pumped to hear that dude <laughs> Answer the question. <laughs> yes, we yeah, usually but... do say go from tier one and right into tier two. If you really feel like you need to take a break or like a little bit of a um a rest in between, you can do that. He did ask that, bro. He did ask that. Um, yes, yeah, you should. That's it's so a month of tier one going to the month of tier two. Absolutely. But if you and, feel like you need to take a week off or whatever, feel free. Cause I know sometimes I get like tight and sore and I'm just like, I sometimes I do take a reset, um, of, for a week or even like a couple of days where I take an extra long weekend and kind of push my workouts around, um, just to give my, my body a little bit of a reset and things like that too. So feel free if you feel like you want to take a little bit of a break, you know, a couple of days, a week in between, uh, anything more than that, you're going to fall out of your habits though. So be careful. Yeah, and in the uh, in the training world, we call that a deload week, um, and and so that's very common. Like after the tier, and I actually wrote that in the Warrior program. I say, hey, take a deload week. Um, so in the advanced prep program, you know, kind of more of an applied thing. So after tier one, you can absolutely take a tier uh, a deload week after tier one. So um, do that, kind of recover a little bit, then jump into your tier two. That's an option as well. You don't necessarily have to. You can go straight into tier two. But if you're feeling like, hey, that recovery may help your body make those those gains and those adaptations that rest and recovery and then you jump into tier two that doesn't mean just sit on the couch and be like you know couch potato but you know more active recovery type stuff maybe some ladder runs some stretching uh yoga stuff like that and then yoga. jump into or lighter lifting you know biking yeah stuff like that maybe some swimming some low impact cardio as well yep <clears throat> um oh man we're at what is that we got a couple minutes left uh yeah um are you want to are you want to do base time today we sticking to base time yeah well because we're still going on thursday 
Okay. So we'll still be back um, in a couple of days. Okay. Yeah, guys. So the big the big thing we did, decided to do two this week because we got cut off uh, by surprise last week. Um, Zoom decided that we were done, dude. Zoom was like, nah, you're done with no warning, dude. Like 40 minutes today. Um, it's crazy. We've been using Zoom for like how long? Like nine months or so? Yeah. And they just changed, it changed, it changed like May 2nd or 3rd. I looked it up. Nah. Now it's 40 minutes only for free users. Not even a disclaimer, dude. They're just like, I know you're that. done. Yeah. It was just like, you're out, bud. <laughs> Bro. Thanks, dude. Um, so yeah, we got cut off early, but, um, so yeah, what I was going to say, we could probably do a couple more questions, but Daniel used all our time, I think. Um, <laughs> so, oh God. Um, uh, call sign Joker says, is the RPAT and body armor and ACH what's going on? Call sign Joker. I actually don't remember body armor, body, not ACH. No helmet, right? I, yeah, we had helmet. those, we had like helmets that were barely helmets. So like, I, I don't remember having to wear those, um, when we would, they, cause they're honestly super comfortable. Um, yeah, they're nice. Yeah. Cause I had, I had the, the Mitch, right. I had the, the one with the, you know, the big bowl. Um, that was miserable, especially yeah. with your like you got the your peltors on your ears, and you go to put the helmet on top, and it's just smashes like, them into your yeah your brain hurts by the end of that. You just hear like heavy, just drum rolls, right? Heavy metal playing uh, internally as soon as you put that thing on. It's just a, a nightmare, dude. Um, yeah, and then whenever we got the obscore helmets, you attach the the ears to the outside. So anyway, super the ears. Um. Undercover says, can being sore in rasp affect your PT scores when tested in rasp, or do they give you proper rest before? Um, you're pretty much going to be sore and tired for everything you do in rasp, and I'm, I'm not going to be honest with you. Like, you're going to be tired, but they give you, like, the day before, like, they're not going to just absolutely obliterate you. They know that, like, they can't, essentially, they're not going to do something to make you fail. Um, but that's one reason why we recommend that you, you know, are above those minimums a fair bit so that you can kind of account for those you know how tired you're going to be and things like that uh same way they do it when you go to ranger school like just the variables you can't account for so you really need to be above those levels that you want to be at um by a bit of a margin so that you're not you know right on the cusp and then any little thing that's going to throw you off is going to make you fail well it's like it's like i like using comparison so for you guys who played sports, whether football, baseball, or you guys who did, did the contact sports, the wrestling, boxing, jujitsu, whatever, um, how much tired are you in a real in the real competition than whenever you're training up? Um, you want to be more trained up for something than whenever you're actually have the pressure on because you fatigue more because there's more you have more pressure on yourself. So whenever you get it tested for those events, you're you have that, and also. You know, we talk about run times, having a faster run time because of terrain. Like whenever you run the five miles, it's not on just a flat surface. Like it's kind of on a hilly track. So, you know, what what you usually run, what, 37 minutes? Well, maybe it's 39 minutes, you know. Um, so. Although luckily the RAS five miles pretty flat. Yeah. Ranger school is not. Ranger school is not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just Long- you want to give yourself a little bit of a march for air. Yep. Um. BDJ says longest time in the field. Um, 
We didn't really. Uh, Regiment doesn't spend too much time in the field, like for that extended period of time. Um, I'd say my longest field problem was Florida Phaser Ranger School. That was the ten days. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think if I was ever out. I definitely was out, but I was at the OP. Like that's barely the field. Um, yeah, around a week is probably the longest. Um, there was thing a thing I did in Latvia where it was with a bunch of other militaries that we were out there for a while, and we had dug like in like tense fighting positions and trenches and stuff. Um, but yeah, seven to ten days is probably my longest. Um, without yeah, yeah, at least a refit in between or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would say whenever you're training in things like special operations, is more of like spurts of training, um, and it's very like focused. Whereas you know, I, I hear about like the field guys going to the field and they're like they're out there for like a month, right? And you know, whenever we we're doing field problems, it's more of like a scenario base. So but I didn't even really we, do that in the conventional army though. Like a month is just a long time. Like as long as you're like NTC or something crazy, like that's probably long. Mm -hmm. But that's yeah, I've done that. I have done that. I mean, even that. Yeah, yeah. I've been on location places where I wasn't home for longer than that, but I wasn't out in like the wilderness and the field for that long. Uh, Pat. Oh, we don't got much time. Let's hit. Let's let's hit one on your end and then one on my end and we'll end it. Um. Does Colton Hawkins says, does your performance during certain events slash training in RASP affect your MOS outcome at all? Example, marksmanship for 11 Bravo medical 68 whiskey. Uh, not really. Everything kind of like resets. It's kind of like hitting the reset button. Once you get through RASP and get to regiment, um, you're nothing to them. It doesn't, your scores don't really matter. Um, the guy showed up and I was like, they're like, well, how fast did you run your five miles? Go, I did it in like 36 minutes and 12 seconds. They're like, oh, so you're slow. Um, they don't care. Like you're just nothing. So you'll get trained. Everything you've learned at that point is, you know, RASP, this RASP training is good. But other than that, like you're gonna have to relearn a ton of stuff. Um, nothing's really gonna affect you. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a clean slate once you get to your unit or to regiment, like in battalion. Yeah, hit me with hit me with it one more time. He says, "Does your performance during certain events or training in RASP affect your MOS outcome at all? Example: marksmanship for eleven Bravo, medical for sixty eight whiskey, etc." No, no, no. It's either pass or fail type thing. Um, um, Pat says, "I'll hit this one." Pat says, "Any tips to soften up straps on a ruck? A bet the straps on my bag keep digging into my shoulders bad." Um. There are things that you can get. I don't. I don't know where you're at right now, but there are like cushion. There's cushion like the gel stuff that some people get. Um, that's more for body armor. I've seen. I don't really see. People yeah, do that for it rug. depends on what kind of bag you have. Um, so like you can get straps, like pads, padded straps that kind of get like you route through those and stuff like that. So it depends. Like I use an Alice pack, um, and you, it's pretty easy to swap out those shoulder straps if you really need to. Um, it just depends on what you're using. If you're using, I don't know what kind of bag you're using so it just depends on the rucker bag that you're using and we also talked about just like kind of transitioning the weight as you're moving so like if you got a rock sitting in one spot it's going to get uncomfortable and it's going to dig especially when it gets heavy so like i would always like kind of shift the weight around like sometimes i'd there's a frame on the bottom of your rock I'd, i would actually lift that up i would let it sit on my belt and then i would loosen my uh, straps yeah. and hang back and so it takes the tension off my shoulders, but then it starts like arching you back and kind of getting weird on your low I back. I can feel that relief in my shoulders right now thinking about doing that, though. So nice. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, it works. And then once you get tired of that, you cinch it, cinch it back up tight. I mean, this is how I got the ranger school. Cinch it back up tight, buckle the chest strap if you want to. And then, of course, you're back on your traps, but you get that tension off your back. And then you just kind of flip flop back and forth, right? Once your shoulders are getting like, ah, then put it back on your belt. Yeah, you got your waist strap too. You just keep trying to shift it. The same way you're doing push ups, like you go from wide to narrow to wide to middle to narrow. And you just try to to rest parts where you can and and try to swap it up as much as you can. Yep. Um, Yep. Sometimes that's all you can do. Oh man, we have some good questions, but um, I'll just, I'm gonna hit this last one real quick. Matthew Dutton says, "When it comes to cameras, when documenting your deployment training, are they strict on that or what?" Uh, very. He says, "I like yeah. filmmaking and photography. They are very, very strict on that. Um, very." Yeah. Um, it's it's less yeah. strict when you're a little bit you have a little bit of rank because you kind of know ins and outs and stuff like that. But for the most part, like especially when you like if you deploy as a private, like you can't, you know. Yeah, I, you know, and we, we both said this, that we wish we took more pictures. The reason I have any pictures at all, I mean, I took most of my pictures when I knew I was getting out. Yeah. Um, and it was like, I only had a few months left and I started taking pictures like crazy. Cause I was like, dude, I got nothing. I started looking back. I was like, I got no pictures from this. I know you asked for pictures sometimes. I'm like, dude, this is all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've tried to ask him for pictures for the social posts, you know, like, um, cause, uh, you know, try to get people's attention and and uh yeah he's got he got wet like the three pictures yeah (laughs) seven years that's it you know yeah so Um, i I definitely recommend you guys like take some pictures maybe not on deployment but like with with the guys and stuff like that when you get some pictures in yeah you're gonna be glad you did i'm glad i did people make fun of you too but they don't everyone thinks it's not cool at the time and then and those same people they're gonna turn around and go man i wish i took more pictures yeah (laughs) yeah so Well, I guess that's where we'll call it. All right, guys. Uh, a lot of fun as always. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the train, like a Ranger podcast, Dan and Jay live. Um, so be sure to check out train, like a We have workout programs, nutrition programs, merchant apparel, informational content, and as always much more on the agenda. Um, you guys keep crushing the programs and remember to train to your utmost potential like a Ranger. See you in a couple of days, guys. See you guys.